Lizette, thanks very much for joining us. You've recently released the Emerging Trends in Real Estate report, which is an annual report that you do with PwC. Just highlight some of the kind of key trends that have, have, have come out of that research. Well, what really stands out is that we see a lot of movement in the market now. Obviously, there's a cyclical downturn following the, the outbreak of the pandemic earlier this year. And at the same time, we see a lot of structural change. And that change is being hugely accelerated also because of the pandemic. And then we're thinking about technology, health and well-being, the impact of ESG, social impact, environmental focus, and all of that together and going at a much faster pace than before. Obviously, that implies a lot for companies. And then if we look only at business confidence, big majorities, almost 90%, think that will be decreasing next year. And if we compare it over the more longer term, these levels are back to 2011. We track that over the long term. So the projections in that aspect don't look very positive at the moment. What's really holding up the market is uh, the amount of capital that's still there waiting to be invested and also new capital to be expected to come in, um, mostly because of the low interest rates that are still there and are expected to remain for quite some time. And if you then compare real estate to other asset classes with investors anxiously looking for income return, real estate actually still um, seems like a very good asset class to invest in. And that is really holding up the demand. And then if you look at where do, uh, do people think that money is coming from, how that's been split between equity and debt, that mostly domestic investors are expected to be active in Europe in the coming year. And with dom domestic, we mean two things. One is really domestic, domestic, so German investors in Germany. But we also see a lot of activity across Europe, mostly from European investors. And that is expected to dominate the market in 2021. There's still a majority that thinks that the uh, capital from Asia will increase, but it's far less than we thought last year. Then it was about 80, 90% that thought capital from Asia would increase. Obviously, there's still a lot of interest from Asia, but given the physical constraints, international travel constraints, etc., it's hard to get that money deployed because many of those investors don't have teams on the ground in Europe. On the debt side, there's also expected to be debt available, but at much lower levels than before, especially for development and other higher risk activities. And most of that activity is expected to come from new debt sources, alternative debt sources like debt funds, especially those that don't have a legacy yet. New funds are being set up, it's expected that banks may be much more restrictive on lending to, to for real estate, not because they already face that many real estate issues. In some sectors, of course, they do, but even more maybe because of the issues they may have in the non-real estate part of the bank. And given that real estate is requiring such high capital requirements, they then will restrict the lending to real estate. And Lizette, in terms of the, the sectors, um, what was the key feedback this year? Um, were there any key changes that you saw in, in terms of the rankings? We see a lot going to technology 
everything that's related to technology is receiving a lot of interest. Data centers, communication towers, things we haven't seen before. And of course, logistics continues to be highly preferred at a number two position this year. That's then followed by things related to healthcare, but healthcare property, but also life sciences being on the high on the list of preferred sectors. Of course, the real capital flows going into these sectors apart from logistics is still very limited. But the potential, especially also bearing in mind that investors are looking for income return, stable income returns, low risk and opportunity, these sectors provide a lot of that. Interestingly, social housing and affordable housing are high on the list. Last year, six out of the 10 sectors were related to residential. Now it's four out of 10. And what we did see, not surprisingly, I think, is student housing and co-living. Residential sectors, much more again related to physical interaction, have fallen out of the top 10. Lizette, there's always a lot of interest um, in this around um, the rankings and particularly the cities. Um, what, what was the, the key takeaways from your side in terms of the cities? We see investors looking for low risk, defensive bets. And in that case, it's not surprising that all the German cities we track, the four biggest ones, are in the top 10. And then two of the other cities in that top seven are the biggest cities in Europe, Paris and London. London at the second place, Paris at the third. And that's really been driven by long-term value because almost everyone agrees that these mega cities might have a harder time and need more time to recover from the pandemic, mostly because of high office densities as well as public transport, which is often crowded and makes it harder for people to get back to the office. London is really seen as kind of a long-term bet. And given that the, all the uncertainty around Brexit we've seen in the last couple of years, pricing has come to a level that makes it really interesting to get back into London. And Paris is really profiting from all the investment that's going on in infrastructure for the Olympics, the 15-minute city, all those initiatives are attracting investor interest. And then maybe the last bucket of cities that is of interest is more medium-sized cities. We've also seen that trend coming through in the last couple of years um, with Amsterdam, Dublin, Vienna, profiting from good quality of life, investments being made in sustainability, active transport, quality of life, are really paying off. And, and not surprisingly, now following the pandemic, that's becoming even more important, with many of those also in the top 10. On the other side, what we do see is that cities that uh, more tourist-based, leisure-based are struggling. Lisbon, Barcelona, Athens, not surprisingly, they are expected to recover later, being so international tourism focus, whether it's business or, or leisure. There's been a much bigger focus that we've been picking up on social value, impact investing. Um, did that come through in terms of the research? Basically, the question we asked is, with all those new products being launched around impact investing, specific impact investing funds, for example, is this a similar trend that we're seeing now that we saw with sustainability, say, 
15, 20 years ago, when the initial focus on sustainability also was around specific green funds. While now sustainability has to be an integral part of a company's strategy coming back in every single uh, aspect of it, will the same happen with social impact? And the expectation is yes, but it will take some time because people still see a lot of hurdles, for example, around the definition, what is social value and how to measure it? Do you put it in a monetary value? Do you have specific metrics that you're being that you're measuring and how do you then measure that? Very interestingly, we asked how do you think the industry can contribute most to social impact? And then two-thirds answered environmental projects to focus on, which is quite interesting that there is a lot of interest, but ultimately it still refers back to sustainability and environment, not on the community impact. Only a third answered a focus on investing in social infrastructure like schools, youth clubs, etc. And also much more focus on health and well-being in design of new buildings, etc. Thanks very much, Lizette. Always very interesting to you know, take the temperature um, each year with this with this research in terms of what the real estate industry is thinking. So thanks very much for, for joining us today. Mm-hmm.